Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels in a Face Wrestling Podcast. I'm going to keep the introduction very brief. On today's episode, we have Dr. Keith Lipinski of AW. Just talking to myself, Chris is under the weather. Compadre Chris is feeling a little sick. He's got something going on with his throat and was instructed by his doctor not to talk this week. Kind of hard to be on a podcast when you're not allowed to speak words or you're told not to speak words. Uh, so I'm filling in for Chris, happy to shoulder the load, and because uh, I know Chris would do the same for me. Um, so it's just Dr. Keith Lipinski and myself, and we're going to talk about AAW's show this upcoming Saturday. I believe it's June 23rd. Uh, AAW presents Wrestling Rules at 115 Bourbon Street in Marionette Park, Illinois. Doors open at 730. Um, really quick, if you are trying to support Two Easel and Face Wrestling Podcasts, the ways you can do so is you can click the play button, which hopefully you already have done. You can share this podcast with a friend, maybe convince them to go to AEW this Saturday. Um, we have t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. We have pins at wrestlingwithunicorns.org. You can send us an email at info at twoheelsandaface.com. Send us some cool stuff, or if you just want to talk. And then also follow us on Twitter at twoheelsandaface and Instagram as well. We post stuff there. Uh, so those are the ways you can support Otherwise, just listen to this awesome interview with Dr. Keith Lipinski. He's got many funny jokes. He's very quick with his words, um, and he provides great insight into what AEW is trying to do with their roster and uh, you know what's to come not only this Saturday at the show, but what's to come in AEW's future. So it was a really great interview. I had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. And I'll see you Saturday at 115 Bourbon Street. Take care. All right, now I'm on the phone with Dr. Keith Lipinski. I know him as the man at AEW shows, always with a a camcorder, some kind of recording device um, glued to the side of his head. Uh, But you may know him as something else. But I'm going to let Dr. Keith um, introduce himself because I know he does a lot of things um, in the production of AEW and getting it out the door and shipping it to all you great folks. So, Dr. Keith, thanks for joining us, and please – Introduce yourself and tell us everything that you do for AEW. Oh my goodness! Do I, how long does this podcast go? Because if if, <laughs> if, you, if you know anything about my history, this could easily go five and a half hours, and that includes a bathroom break and a rendition of a 1990s R&B song by the band Guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, my name is uh, Keith Lipinski. I am a lifelong Chicagoan and a humongous professional wrestling fan. I believe professional wrestling is one of the finest art forms known to man. As I've always referred to it among people that I've known that have been involved in the theater, sweaty theater at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, <laughs> I've been with AAW now. God, it's, it's coming up on, has it been six years? I, I don't really feel like doing the math right now because that's my full-time okay. job. So let's, we're going to sit there and say it's been about six years and I'm, I'm a producer I like to say executive producer because that means I get the ladies, but I'm married, so it doesn't mean that doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> but I've, I've worked at AAW for 
for a long time, basically working with Danny Daniels uh, and a bunch of other people on the creative aspects of the show and just general show running during the course of the show. Uh, if you go to AEW shows, you might notice me. I'm very tall. I used to be sort mm-hmm. of skinny. Now I'm skinny fat, but that's okay. Uh, uh, and I'm usually, as you mentioned before in your wonderful introduction, I usually do have a camcorder attached to me at some point, either that right. or it's glued onto my head. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm very protective of the camcorder because earlier last year, there was a camcorder malfunction and a part of the screen, the optical screen got broken and that cost a lot to fix. So as I try and be more careful with the camcorder, you might see me zoom in on stuff and then zoom out very quickly in fear of the camera. As a matter of fact, during one of the LaSalle shows that we had, I believe, in October that had a match between Sammy Callahan and A.R. Fox, at one point, A.R. Fox hit a baseball slide drop kick, and it literally hit the camera, spun the camera up, and I was able to catch it and got a nice round of applause from the fans who were noticing my... <laughs> non-athletic ability at catching a camera. So uh, I just, I do a lot for AEW and I do a lot for AEW because I absolutely love being a part of the team and watching what the company has done over the last five years when we've sort of become a force on the independent wrestling scene throughout the U.S. as opposed to a local Chicago promotion. So Great. Yeah, no, I think that's... uh a perfect summary of uh, at least, you know, my perception of you and then some added insight into all the other cool things that you're doing. So thank you. For that. Um, and you're on Twitter, right? And the reason why we're talking is because of a tweet. So I want to read that tweet off really quick. Um, the tweet says itching to, I think you might've meant to put the word run, but I th- uh, there might've been a quick typo or maybe uh uh, autocorrect got you, but the tweet says itching to ruin someone's podcast this week to talk. No, no, I absolutely <laughs> want to ruin people's podcast. I, at, right, at right. one point, at one point, myself and Mike Sempervivi of uh, Figure Four Weekly, uh, Figure Four Online fame, uh, we basically would go on other shows and attempt to ruin them because we wanted to be the top grossing podcast known to man and get all that sweet, sweet podcasting money, which uh, is now all in MLW's hands. So, no, uh, there was, I believe, are you familiar with the podcaster by the name of Joe Gagney, you know, who does Joe versus the world on the Cubs fan? It's it's, Joe. Joe Gagney was, was without a doubt, one of the best podcast hosts ever. Like, I would listen to his show back in the day, and I mean, like, I'm talking like six or seven years ago, and cringe just because he made my my show seem like a, a big turd. So right. like, but it would be on his last show, Mike and I went on there with the intention to ruin it. So yes, ruining is what I'm here. I'm here to ruin your podcast. Tonight. Oh, okay. So it was so. intentional. Um, it well, absolutely was intentional. <laughs> because it's, you're looking to talk AEW pro this Saturday night and this Saturday is in all caps. And then you put hit me up in the tweet. So I guess I wanted to, that, that tweet to me, says that you got something on your mind or uh, you're itching to maybe get something out there. So I wanted to know what was on your mind. Uh, why was that tweet sent? What are you itching to say? Do you have anything, uh, I guess, that you wanted to start off with? I, I think in general, I, I just, I'm here to raise AEW awareness. And there's a lot of awarenesses going on right now. And I, I just think that right now, I think... We came into our last show at Logan Square Auditorium sort of at a crossroads where, 
you know, Danny, myself felt that part of our product was sort of getting kind of stale where okay. it was a show that we were not having our heavyweight champion was in the, uh, in the, the land of the rising sun. He was in Japan, uh, in the super junior tournament that of course being the incomparable ACH, we had our main heel faction being the wrestling without an E where we did not have David Starr, we did not have Jeff Cobb, and we did not have AEW Heritage Champion Trevor Lee. So we came in the show with, you know, basically a part of our roster missing, a part of our roster that's, you know, we like to feature on most of our shows. So going into it, it felt like that we sort of had our backs up against the wall. And I think at the last show that we did at Logan Square, which is available right now on High Spots and also Smart Mark Video, I think that was possibly one of the finest shows I've ever been a part of. I think okay. from top to bottom, it was an incredibly solid show. Uh, it started off with a, a segment where Sammy Callahan and Brody King, uh, an exciting mm-hmm. newcomer to the scene, uh, got into a fight on the outside, a fight that was so realistic that not only did I have a hat thrown at my lip that, you know, really still stings a little bit, but the owner <laughs> of the building came to find me right afterwards and sat there and said, get that maniac out of here. And I'm like, what? Get that man. I don't want anyone fighting for real here. And I'm like, no, no, Saul, it's, it, 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 they, you know, uh, <laughs> well, sure? let's pretend, let's pretend, let's pretend, let's, let's pretend that yes, they were really fighting. And Saul was absolutely correct as opposed to sitting there saying that they weren't, but, uh, no, it was it was an incredibly hot show from top to bottom. It featured one of my favorite tags of the last few years in AR Fox and the up and comer Myron Reed facing the Lucha Brothers of Penta and Ray Phoenix. I mean, it was just from 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 top to top, bottom. This was an incredibly good show, and it was like usually when the shows are over, I usually find one or two things that I necessarily didn't like about the show with this show, including an opening match with uh, Trey Miguel versus DJ Z. Like I had very little negative feedback on the show. Like I was, you know, almost on cloud nine. I was almost dancing after the show, if you could believe that. So, you know, I realized that that was May 25th and we're coming Mm -hmm. up right now on this Saturday night, June 23rd. And I realized it's been a while since we've, you know, been back. So I want to make sure that we, we, I do whatever I can to talk about AEW. And also more importantly, to get you the wrestling fans of all over the internets to come to 115 right. Bourbon street this Saturday night for what right now on paper is, is a fantastic card with a lot of stories that are coming into this that are of high volatility. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to touch on, um, I want to touch on one thing, but then I want to get to uh, debuts and returns. Cause I feel like this, the next card coming up is also very fresh in terms of new faces and recurring faces that just don't come around as often, but could be coming around potentially a lot more. I wanted to touch on the note you, uh, and the word stale. So a couple of things that I noticed and right. I'm, I, although I have a podcast, I would not consider myself a journalist. I'm basically a wrestling fan. That's what, that was the category that I put myself in because not only do I talk about these shows, but I just go to them as well. And I'm not, I'm going there as a fan and I'm watching and I'm not watching through the lens of my iPhone, et cetera. So I'm a fan. Um, but the, I thought a key word that you said was stale and uh, I've, I've heard 
criticism from, and it's cool. It's great that you said crossroads too, because I've heard criticism from some fans about, um, and tell me if you think these points are fair or not, uh, of potentially lack of storytelling and also uh, what you said of um, just potentially like the same people being on uh, in the same matches or running kind of in the same main card and new faces needed to be kind of injected into it. Do you feel those criticisms, criticisms were fair? And is that the reason why uh, all that awesome extra content was created? Like the fight with Brody or Brody King and Sammy Callahan, and then the promo that Jimmy Jacobs cut as well. Uh, Do you feel that, that you guys were kind of feeling that same staleness and then, you put those motions, uh, you and the creative team put that in the motion, or did you kind of feel that other people were thinking that as well? I, I think in general, I think we try and gauge our audience pretty well. Like I, I usually, there's usually seven or eight fans who I will talk to after the show to sort of use a scientific term you use as a barometer going into it, where it's sort of a, okay, what'd you think of the show? Okay. And I, I think the main thing is we don't rest on our laurels here at AAW, where we, we're constantly striving and constantly trying to do better. It, it's, it's an interesting time to run an independent wrestling promotion right now, because right. the fact that guys are, it, it, it's not the old territory days anymore, where it's something where a few years ago, we had, you know, maybe one or two people flying in for our show. Now we have multiple people flying in for our shows. And those people are flying in from other shows throughout. So right. it's sort of like the independent wrestling world right now has become a territory of its own. You know, you could sit there, go to California, work uh, PWG or uh, PCW Ultra. You can go to Rhode Island and work beyond uh, Philadelphia you know, Chikara, CZW, I mean, I, I, I could go on and on where it seemed like it's sort of the freshness wasn't necessarily there, not necessarily with our product, but with independent wrestling in general. So, okay. you know, it's something where over the last year, we've tried to do a little bit more with the storytelling aspect with, and a perfect example of that would be the David Starr, Eddie Kingston feud, which right. even though we did not have those guys on every show, the the idea of the David Starr, Eddie Kingston team, and then, of course, the whole wrestling stable was something where we were pinpointing to that as, yeah, we do definitely do like to tell stories here. So mm-hmm. it and, and I think we've seen with our January show having sort of the, you know, the big conflict between the killer cult of or OVE or however you want to call them versus wrestling being sort of the front and center piece of that. So. But then, you know, January, uh, February, and March was a little bit different where we had guests that were coming in. We had, you know, we had uh, Tetsuo Naito from New Japan Pro Wrestling and Jushin Thunder Liger, like huge Japanese yep. names coming in, which I, you know, as someone who, you know, grew up absolutely loving Parasu and someone that hosted a Parasu podcast for a number of years, like to me, that was, you know, this was a, a great goal. But it's something where, and even though the world we live in a big world right now, it's sort of shrinking at times when it's sort of a what can one promotion deliver that another one can't. So right. it, it it sort of it also sort of felt like you know we enjoy storytelling at at, at AAW. You know it, it's something where we would love to put it front and center, but the problem is at times we were sort of relying upon the availability of other people. Yeah. Then then everything else that's going on. So. 
I think, I think in general, I think it was a more conscious decision just based on how the landscape is changing right now in pro wrestling and how it continues to evolve. And that's not a dig on Gabe Sapolsky or anything like that. Like, I think, I think in general, it's just something where you sort of see what's happening. And I think especially in Chicago right now, like Chicago is loaded with promotions that are going, that are happening right now. You know, right. you got us, you got freelance and, and the rosters there are very different from one another. But then you have, you know, when you look at what happened in May in Chicago, it's as, as a wrestling fan, it's extraordinary because you had, we ran on the last week in the month, but then you also had Evolve coming here. You also had Ring of Honor, Game Changer Wrestling. I mean, Warrior Wrestling. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> Chicago is, 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 has, you know, and everyone's like, wow, that's great. But the problem is at times that sort of means a fan has to decide what they want to do. And especially if they wanted to go to all in, like there, there's a lot of money that you would need to go to all these shows. So what we want to do is make us sort of the, you know, the favorite, your favorite place in Chicago to come see a wrestling show, to see some of the best talent in the world and hopefully get some storylines involved as well. Yeah, no, that was very well said. Um, and speaking of bringing in fresh faces. Uh, so I have just a list here and these are, these are faces that stick out to me as either debuts or returns. Um, Sue Young and Kylie Ray stick out to me. Also Brody King, just because I'm very, very curious as to what he'll do next. And then also Rich Swan. So um, is there anyone, it's a lot to get excited about. Is there anyone that particularly sticks out to you as like a very exciting uh, return or debut? I think Kylie Ray is one of my favorite people on the independence right now. I think the independence should enjoy her while we still can, because I can't see her being here that long. Point. So, uh, Sue young. I absolutely love the gimmick. She's such a nice sweetheart of a girl, uh, when she's, you know, not in the gimmick. So I, I'm excited right. to see her back. Like, I, I think, I think she's doing something where there's a lot of, a lot of uh, athletes right now that go around that, don't necessarily have a character, but Sue Young is someone to me like Pentagon where their character is so front and center and so yep. good where it's like something where that just reaches out and grabs you. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to Sue being back with us uh, this week. But I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting mix because we got people coming in, we got people coming out. Like, I think, I think it's going to be something where, you know, I think the Brody Kings of the world are going to do pretty well here in AEW because he's a big, big guy. And he really made a big impression on AEW because he was all over our last show. And it was something where, you know, I, and he also had a match with Darby Allen, which I thought was a fantastic debut for him. And it was, right. it was cool to see two guys sort of having their debut against each other that sort of work different style. Like I always thought of Darby Allen as being a crash iconoclast as it were. And, and Brody King is a smash mouth tall brawler. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually now while talking to you about this, I'm really worried that we might need extra security on Saturday for, <laughs> uh, for Sammy and Brody as they're, as they are having a match. And uh, I, I think one of the things that excites me is the fact that, you know, this is, this is a heated situation right now. And it's something right. where I'm curious to see where it goes next. You mentioned the Jimmy Jacobs thing, uh, as well. So, I mean, I, the thing is we want to have sort of an element of surprise, but we want it to be a good element of surprise. You know, right. we want, we want people to feel, 
feel, you know, excited and wondering what's going to happen next at these shows, as opposed to it being quote unquote, nothing but, you know, dream matches. And I'm not, I'm, I, I don't want to ever sit there and make it seem that I'm dissing dream matches, but the problem is right now, any promotion can sit there and give you a dream match. And don't get me wrong. There's still dream matches to be had. Hell, we're giving the people one the first night of the uh, two shows that we're having at, uh, at Logan Square during all weekend, mm-hmm. uh, all in weekend with Bendito and Flamita versus the Lucha Brothers, like that right, to me right. is, is a is a is a high quality re- professional wrestling match that I'm thrilled to give to the states. So, but it's something where we we sort of want to take a step back and sort of see, okay, we have all we have the resources of the finest crop of independent wrestling talent in, in, mm-hmm. in the nation what do we do with them? You know, it's, 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 it's <laughs> yeah. not just, it, it's, it's not just sitting there saying, they're saying pair this guy versus this guy for this show. Let's sit there and let's make something of it. So, and, and that, that yeah. in, in reality is what, you know, makes pro wrestling so exciting. It's not just, not just the athleticism of the matches. It's sort of the, you know, where, where are we going with this? You know, does this have a point or is this just, you know, yeah. pro, let's just have a show to just have a show. Yeah, no, it's it's true what you're saying. There, there's a lot of competition right now, and with the, and with everything happening, let's say just for instance, with free shows on Twitch too, that just adds to it. Like you're getting you're getting a chance to see uh, the flying talent, and you're getting a chance to see dream matches as well. So finding a way to be unique and different, it sounds like something well, that you're doing and continuing to do. Well, I was also I was also speaking with someone over the course of the weekend, and you know we were I was just talking about you know business shop stuff, and he's like you know given this day and age, one thing people have to remember is that if I spend forty dollars, I can watch all the WWE, New Japan. Uh, if you get high spots, yeah. you get multiple promotions, and I don't have to leave my house at all. So it's something where the competition to actually get people to a show is, is sort of high, but I, to me personally, nothing in the world beats the live show experience as much as I, you know, like watching as much as I enjoyed the dominion new Japan show. I, and I absolutely loved it to me. I would have rather been there than watching it, you know, at, you Mm -hmm. know, four o'clock in the morning, not getting any sleep at all. So. Absolutely. I I thoroughly enjoy, uh, I'm, I'm on a case by case basis. Uh, but like I said, I'm going Saturday, but yeah, in-person live experience, especially in on the independence and more intimate settings, um, mm-hmm. you know, such as uh, the uh, 115 Bourbon Street isn't a necessarily tiny venue compa- compared to probably some places that you've run in the past, but um, still an intimate setting with uh, it's a sense of community as well. So it can get pretty hot and heated in there and it just adds to the excitement. So. Yeah, yes. and also it's 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 much better for crowd brawling. I just I feel I need to give that back sure. where it's sort of a you know it's something where Logan Square can be sort of we we really pack them in there, and that's that that to me is my favorite building to run just because the atmosphere we get in that place. But uh, yeah. one fifteen Bourbon Street, another great home for us, uh, and it's it's a place where you know right now we basically have three homes. We have. 115 Bourbon Street in beautiful Marionette Park, you know, bigger room, really good for crawl brawling. Uh, I think for if you want to sit there and watch the best wrestlers in the world, I think the Logan Square Auditorium is one of the best buildings, period, with, in, in terms of sight lines 
atmosphere. It's a, it's, it's yeah. such a great, great place. And then I also love the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle and, you know, we're, we're running there again on August 4th. So it's, it's, we sort of like to take the summer off. That's because I believe that's what, uh, what happened back in the day when Dreamwave was running there. So AEW has a lot of homes right now. So, you know, we we hope we have one more home, the hearts of the wrestling fans of Chicago. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's very nice. That's pretty Um, cheesy. I I really, I really feel bad for writing that down and having it on the teleprompter because I'm talking (laughs) to you right now. I appreciate it. Uh, I wanted to mention the, uh, the youth on the roster. So that it's something that I, and it's probably just coinciding with everything that you're saying. Like you said that um, because you're booking really, really great talent, they got places, they got other places to go sometimes like Japan. And that's just something that you can't control, but it's not, it, it looks to me and the way that these cards are being booked, that you're preparing for the future. Or you're preparing for if you need someone to step up into a big situation, because I see basically, I don't know if you want to call them your openers or your lower to mid card, I see them consistently being booked, and these are guys like Jake Something, Stallion, MJF, Ramiro, et cetera, and, of course, Paco, who's been around longer than all of them, but still working his way up through. Um, is there anyone that, um, or that you're very excited for and kind of, uh, you know, in that kind of future group uh, that could potentially, you know, be an AEW heavyweight champion one day? That's a very, very good question. Uh, I, I think you named a lot of great names there. Uh, I think Jake something has an incredible upside and an incredible backside. Uh, no, I think, I think Jake <laughs> just has a, a wonderful look and he's getting better every single time. Kurt Stallion is an incredible character of a man. And I don't mean like he plays a character. The man is just bonkers. Like he, he is just a guy where I will cut a promo with him. And he'll say something about, I don't know, I just got bubbles in my head. And then it just became a, a normal thing. So I, I right. enjoy both those guys in the ring. Uh, when you mentioned the youth, you can't really forget the, the radicals. Uh, uh, and, and I know their name oh, is yes. radicals, but to me, I, I really want to call them the radicals of, you know, Des and Zach, who unfortunately right now are in the orange as well. Uh, but they have just been, a, it's been so fun watching them develop over the last few years and see the strides that they, those boys have made. And especially after doing that first Dragon Gate tour, it was like, wow, they are really, really turning in to finely tune great athletes. I mean, Zach and Des are, are two of my favorite people. I'm very happy. It's it sort of, I'm, I'm sort of in a weird juxtaposition here because they're not here this weekend, but I'm so happy for the opportunities that they're getting because of yeah. the time they've spent with us. And the fact that, you know, companies like us and other companies have helped put them into that spotlight. And uh, two of those radical rascals uh, are actually going to be on the show where you're going to have hot fire Myron Reed, who's going to be stepping in with another guy that's part of the sort of youth gone wild movement of AAW, uh, the leader of the pack, Stephen Wolf. And uh, they're going to be in the ring with Rich Swan. And I, I really expect really, really super good things out of all three of those during that match. Uh, and then, of course, you have uh, Trey Miguel, who just had that wonderful match with DJZ last month at uh, Logan Square, who's going to be stepping in against the AW Heritage Champion Trevor Lee. So I, I'm really looking forward to all, all, all those matches, just because it's something where, yes, you're right, you sort of have to prepare for the future. 
And it's something where we're giving shots to kids that, in my mind, definitely deserve it. Like, it's something where you can't necessarily sit there and just rely on older Old, I don't want to say older talent, like, you know, like the honky tonk man or something like that. But what I'm saying <laughs> is you can't necessarily rely on a certain level of performer. It's something where we have definitely opened it up over the last year or so. I think, I think a guy like MJF is another guy that's just, you know, he's just such yeah. a wonderful, a wonderful, spectacular asshole. So it's just, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to do that much just to really raise the ire of the fans. So he's, he's another one. Ace Romero comes out with that outfield song. I mean, it's something where I'm very excited. And the guys that we are, the younger guys that we are booking are, are guys that definitely deserve the spotlight. And I'm glad that AEW is shining it on them. Great. Great. Okay. I only got one more question for you. I know you named a ton of great matches. Um, I think it's cool that also there's a lot of talent announced that you not you're not necessarily who they're going you know who they're going to wrestle yet, and I know that's something that you do occasionally. So I think that's kind of cool. Probably only about half of the matches uh, right now are announced, but of the half that are announced, um, do you have a prediction for match of the night or potential moment of the night? Oh, I mean it's. I to me to me one of the big stories of the night is going to be is Bourbon Street going to be able to contain Callahan and King? Yeah, that's a big question. More importantly, is David Starr going to be able to, uh, you know, become the AAW Heavyweight Champion against ACH? I mean, ACH. If you if you saw any of his Japan matches, at times the guy's wearing more bandages than than the Yete. And it's something <laughs> where, how is that going to enter into it? And more importantly, how does Eddie Kingston enter into all this? As if you, if you follow either, either of these guys on these social media platforms, it's sort of a, okay, well, you know, Kingston has been aligned with David Starr in wrestling, but it's not necessarily against his own will. What's going to happen there with that? I mean, this, the show is called wrestling rules and not just because mm-hmm. they have their own special rules, but just for the fact that this is probably going to be the biggest night in wrestling history since the, since the group started with uh, Jeff Cobb and uh, David Starr back at our show last uh, July, I believe, which is sort of right. a, you know, almost a year, before, you know, it took David Starr almost a year to actually get that shot at the AAW heavyweight championship. And I think now that he's got a shot, I don't really think that he wants to sit there and settle for a loss here when considering, you know, what David Starr wants to do with AAW. So I I think both of those are going to be key things. I also think, you know, can Trey Miguel after putting away former heritage champion, DJZ, can he sit there and climb that next step up to the top of the mountain? Because a lot of the heritage champions that we've had have moved on and become eventually AEW heavyweight champions. So it's, it's sort of a, you know, what can Trey do there? Uh, I also think the fact that you got Kylie Ray versus Kimberly, Kimberly sort of, you know, you know, she, uh, if you saw the last show, she did not necessarily win the AEW women's championship fair and square. What's happens there against the, uh, you know, 
uh, plucky, yeah. uh, lovely Kylie Ray. So, and then Hudson Envy and Sue Young. Eddie Kingston versus Moose is an incredibly interesting matchup to me. So I'm curious right. to see how Eddie handles it, considering, you know, Eddie for a long time was sort of in a, sort of maybe a little bit of a slump. And then, of course, under the tutelage of David Starr and wrestling, it seems like things are getting a little bit better for him. But what, what's going to happen next, you know? And right. thinking about some of the other names on the show, we have MJF, we have Ace Romero, we have Colt Ka- Boom Boom Cabana, you know, not guilty. Y'all got to feel me. Uh, <laughs> Spider Nate Webb is going to be on this show. So just for just for hearing Teenage Dirtbag Live, I think people should be shelling out $20 to start off to come to right. 115 Bourbon Street, enjoy a, a tasty, cold, refreshing <laughs> beverage. You know, it should be it should be an electrifying evening, and I'm really excited about it. Great, as am I, and uh, I'll make sure to uh, uh, say hi too when I see you Saturday. Uh, yes, especially if I'm person. filming something, just get right in front of my camera, sit there and say okay. hi, Doctor Keith. You know, you know, if 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 Sammy is coming near me, I, uh, stick around because I might need a human shield, please. So, okay. but uh, definitely, definitely, if if you do not uh, check out. Uh, AAW Pro, uh, we're all over. Just definitely follow us. I, I think I think Twitter really is the saving grace of the professional wrestling uh, promotions right now, where it's basically that's sort of the lifeblood of how we distribute our news. But definitely well, like us on Facebook. Follow us on the Instagram. Uh, Trent of AAWs, I know as a friend of the show, has done a marvelous job with that. And also, definitely, yep. if, you're, if you're not at the show, Definitely check into Twitter because we are definitely trying to put as many promos during the course of the show uh, that we can up on there. So I think we're doing a really, really good job of getting the excitement up on there. But uh, it's in a really exciting time right now for AEW. We're sort of, you know, I don't want to sit there and say we're at the crossroads because I don't really want to start quoting from a great Bone Thugs and Harmony song. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I, I feel that in general, I feel that, you know, this show is an, an important night for us. You know, it's sort of going to sort of set the tone potentially for the rest of the year. So please just come on and join us and support great local independent wrestling. Great. Yes. Yeah, so definitely listen to what Dr. Keith said, you the listener. Uh, we're going to have all links included in the description of this podcast and also on the article where you potentially found it on twoheelsandaface.com. Uh, so we'll have everything that you need, aawrestling.com. And Keith, thank you for your time. No problem at all. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Damn, I've got two tickets to you.